Supernatural fans can test their knowledge of the TV series with Trivial Pursuit Supernatural. This quick play Trivial Pursuit game can be played on the go with its portable wedge holders. The 600 questions range in difficulty level, so even the super fans will be challenged. Join the hunt with Trivial Pursuit Supernatural. Call your neighborhood toy and game store for availability. For more details, go to USAopoly.com. That's USAopoly.com. Simple Jack. I came in like a wrecking ball. Hello, my children. McLeod. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. Oh, Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Supernatural, the Crossroads on Rain Man Digital, Crossroads 003. I am your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today is Michael Flores. Yellow. Ryan is unfortunately absent, but I will give him credit. That is due to me being an asshole and being out of town on our normal show. Yeah. So we apologize to everybody and Ryan for having him not be able to make it. Yeah. So I'm the dickhead for once. I will admit that. Yeah, absolutely. Normally, it's his fault. In fact, Ryan was a little upset. He was upset. He was like, uh, thanks so. uh, for making me miss the show, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Very passive aggressive, but, you know, it's better uh, than punching me. I definitely I don't think it was passive aggressive. It was just flat out aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I don't think I don't think Ryan's known for being passive aggressive. Uh, maybe a little bit. No. Let's, <laughs> we'll consult with Bobby. <laughs> he's oh, he's definitely aggressive. Just aggressive. All right. Well, unfortunately, he's not here today, so I apologize to him and everybody else. But we do have a shit ton of shit to talk about. Hold on a second. Hold on, Thomas. I think I think next time we have to choose who's going to be in the show Mm -hmm. because we could have done the show on Monday. We could have. We could have done it. But it would have been me and Ryan. It would have been. So next time this happens, I say we leave it up to the listeners and and we'll put it up for a vote. (laughs) It's a popularity contest. Well, just look at this uh, Blue Fire Thomas versus Single Guy Ryan game. That's true. It's a popularity contest right there. Ryan's already getting his feelings hurt (laughs) because you're blowing him away. I mean, you have like 20 and he has like four. As you say, I think I've seen three for Ryan. You're counting. You're actually, I mean, it's not a popularity contest, but I've been tracking it. You, know? you really are tracking too. That's one for me yep. and zero for Ryan. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It was a good day. So I think we should do a vote. All right, and I think that's fair. You know, it's been a couple of years. Ryan's always been the one who's had to unfortunately miss it. No, last year we did a show, just me and him. What was yeah. that one? I don't remember, but it was a show that you called in at the last moment and said I had a flat I, tire last year. That was it. I yeah. didn't make it. Yeah. yeah. Is that what we're calling it nowadays, the flat tire? That's what I'm going to claim. Okay. Yes. I actually, I think I have photo evidence of that somewhere. Either way. I, see, I back I up my excuses. 
I, the, the managerial department never received that image. I like how you went from I to the managerial department. I, I need to set some distance Do between need- host Michael and manager Michael. Is there an HR Michael that we can talk about Ryan's issues? Um, no, we don't have okay, any HR no departments HR, here. Come on. We wouldn't have anybody working here. When you guys walk <laughs> into the studio, there's a, the little board that you have to sign into right that waves all rights <laughs> you have zero rights once you this enter is the a studio. separate third world country uh, yeah with this dictatorship a fourth world country fourth world, jesus god all right guys today we're talking about season 13 episode 5 advanced thanatology by this one was written by steve yoki and directed by john f showalter and it was surprising. I think it's the best way to say this episode because we thought we were going into, and we talked about this, I think, a little bit last week, thought we were going into a Monster of the Week episode with maybe some kind of ties to something bigger with the return of Billy the Reaper, which now we know is far, far greater impacts on the supernatural universe, the lore, the, the potential future of the show with Sam and Dean's mission purpose destiny what have you all coming into this episode the monster of the week was half roughly half of this episode it was just used as a creative as a framework yeah it was just there as the groundwork to get us to where we needed to be which is the actual purpose of this week's episode and this is five episodes now and we have not taken a single break from either a the main myth arc which i am always a fan of or B, the emotional impacts of the season 12 finale. Dean is still reeling. He's still lashing out. We've seen that in the last four episodes. We see it again in this episode, but we get a little bit more clarity as to why exactly he's acting the way he is. And this is something that we've talked about at length, the depression that comes with having lost everybody in one fell swoop, like the worst day of his life, arguably. And there have been a lot of bad days for Dean. With the end of season 12, and we finally get a little bit of that peek behind the curtain that started with the last episode. I think last episode was more about Sam's connection to their mom and that fallout. At least for me, that was the takeaway for me. And this episode is more about what's actually going on in Dean's head. We get a ton of new shit, which also, with the Monster of the Week being tied, felt very much like Kripke's era, seasons one through five. You know, Dab has done a fairly good job throughout this season and parts of season 12 tying in things that we had forgotten about and had questions on such as death's death being resolved in this episode. We've found out about the empty just last episode. We've got answers to the cult. We had answers to alpha vampire in season 12. He's done a lot of shit to tie things together. And in this episode, we have some of those questions that we've been asking since season 12 with cosmic consequences what were the rules to breaking that what was the ramifications and we see now that with billy having seen quote the bigger picture she knows that sam and dean are important which is huge because she was such a big proponent against them probably the biggest yeah because even crowley and death himself back in the day were tolerant or amused by their antics she was fed up and we talked about that since season 11 yeah Now she sees the bigger picture and that they have a job to do. And that has to directly connect to Chuck in season 11 saying they're part of the chosen ones. It has to. I mean, that's the first thing I thought. And that's just a great way for Dab to tie everything together and even potentially do away things or ideas that he originally had. We already know that writers have ideas and they have directions they're going to go. And then they realize, 
all right, well, let's put our brakes on here. After we all got together, we decided this is a better direction. So has he chosen to tuck away the cosmic consequence issue because Billy now understands that there is a bigger picture? Now, if that all works together, then I'm okay with them tucking away problems like this or issues because that's what you do as a writer. You make things work, and if it doesn't go in the direction you're hoping, you change it. And as long as it's changed in a way that makes sense to the story and it feels organic and it has evolved to that point, it works. And that's exactly what they could do. And I honestly feel like that's kind of what has already happened. Bigger cosmic consequences always felt like super – it felt super fucking serious. Like what kind of realm – of shit are they going to get themselves into and i think between the last episode and this episode we almost have that answered the cosmic consequences to and this is getting a little ahead of ourselves but to me was that instead of a human dying and going to heaven or hell they'd go to the empty a place not meant for them and yet now we know that a, a little bit more about the empty we know that billy's perspective has dramatically shifted could that have just been her angry perspective towards them or fucking up the job yeah or if anything it could just buy us more time it can buy the writers more time uh with the whole cosmic consequent consequence issue it it allows them not to have to worry about it right now let's say this isn't the answer to it but it does for the audience sake it pacifies us for the time and then maybe in next couple episodes from now hopefully not that'd be way too soon but maybe next season maybe towards the end of the season they kind of harken back to that cosmic consequence as we know billy did allude to the fact that hey we don't want you crossing over into other worlds because they're like a stack there are clues already that this could be far greater implications that we still haven't seen like you said right so maybe house of cards style yeah so maybe those are the cosmic consequences as well who knows how however ends up being the way it was executed with this past episode, it satisfies the portion of the fandom that's salivating, waiting for those answers. Because I know I'm one of them. Yeah, and, and definitely I, one. And of I them. shrugged and said, "Okay, this is good enough for me right now. That, this that this works. works. Yeah, and yet still leaves the door open for so much more. Not yeah. just from a learning about the universe." aspect but for like you said the writers and leading into future seasons and even the end of the show years down the road hopefully potentially we don't know yeah but it was a great setup for that and a, a lot of things to consider now yeah and of course we're going to get all into that in just a little bit but first little bit of a reminder on november 20th starting at 5 p.m pacific standard time which will be 8 p.m eastern time we are doing supernatural crossroads teaming up with usaopoly Give you guys a bonus Crossroads show yeah. where you can win prizes, which will be involving the Crossroads Bitch Jerk Game Trivial Suit, <laughs> Trivial Pursuit Supernatural Edition. And that is going to involve myself, Team Blue Fire Thomas, versus Ryan, Team Single Guy Ryan. And I'll be Chuck. And you're going to be the god of this universe. Yep, I'm the god <laughs> of this game. You decide if that answer is deemed worthy. Correct. I feel like you just mean more like a judgment yeah. than like God. Like no, Chuck is like I'm a half change, ass there. I'm going to change the rules on you guys too. Just I feel like you'd be Billy the Reaper. Oh, yeah. I'm going to fuck this up. And I'm uh, not done. I'm Billy the Reaper before she becomes death. So I don't have the bigger picture and I don't care. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like your face. So you lose. Yeah. 
That'll end up how it ends. Uh, Ryan's going to get some sympathy points because he has nobody on his team. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to start with like... All right, so Ryan, for every question you kind of get right, that's worth 30 points. Thomas, you get negative five points. <laughs> he's going to start with like 20 points. Exactly. You're going to screw me on this already. I can feel it. Yeah, socialism. <laughs> I'm the Bernie Sanders of game shows. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to make it fair So for everybody. <laughs> The setup is that Thompson, or Ryan and I are going to be quizzed on Supernatural Trivia, and we are going to use the listeners' help to win. You guys will be the lifelines. We're going to have about, I think, three was what we determined yeah. at this time. You want me to go through it with, for you? Yeah. Okay. You, you were the one that created this thing, Mr. Billy the Reaper Judgment God <laughs> Death Michael version. Without zero perspective? Was, yeah. <laughs> All right. The game consists of two teams. Team Blue Fire Thomas. The winning team. Team Single Guy Ryan. The other team. All right. So the setup is exactly what you just said, Thomas. (laughs) Now, what we need from the listeners is there will be lifelines. Okay. If they don't know the answer, you can answer for them. All participants who wish to join a team and be included in the prize giveaway and be a lifeline must choose a team, either Team Blue Fire Thomas or Team Single Guy Ryan. Once you choose, you must let the whole world know by posting either on the Crossroads Facebook page or tweeting to at Crossroads SBN. By posting, your name is will be automatically entered into a drawing and you will now be in the running to be chosen as a lifeline. All right, so the drawing phase ends November 17th. At the end of the drawing phase, three participants will be chosen for each team. Each chosen participant must be able to listen live November 20th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and be available during the show when either Thomas or Ryan needs assistance. We, Meaning, we don't have time to mail away for an answer. Right, which means <laughs> I'm either going to A, have people call into the show, or I may have them either Google Hangouts or Skype in, and they'll just be put on hold, and then I will go to them and say, all right, I need the answer. You're the first lifeline. Right. So I still got to figure that out. I will figure that out once I choose on November seven, November 17th. So that will give me three days before the live show to figure to out set up. with the people who were drawn whether we're going to do Google Hangouts or Skype. Or if they're not able to access that, then we'll set up a phone line for them to call in and give their answer for their support. There we go. Now, the gameplay, this is how it all works, okay? Mm-hmm. Each question is worth three points. Each time a player, Thomas and Ryan, requires a lifeline, you, the listener, they lose a point. To, sh- to shake things up, each player will be given a chance to make a deal, meaning they can choose to give their question to another player. If the other player doesn't know the answer either, that's fine. However, if the player does end up knowing the answer, the player who had the original question loses a point. Okay. Okay. And I may make other additional alterations to that. I may randomly throw in out of nowhere with a nice little howl of a, of a wolf in the background. So s- signaling the hellhounds. <laughs> I may have a hellhound attack one of you in the middle of your question. What if the hellhound attacks the loser? It, then so be and it. And then we kill them. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so quick- there may be little sound effects that will signal other additional gameplay that I didn't announce. So, Ooh. for example, there may, may be a hellhound that comes to collect on the deal you just made, meaning randomly you may lose two points. Oh shit! 
So it's going to be fun. I'm going to keep it entertaining. It isn't just going to be one set of rules. Yeah. If I feel like things need to be shaken up or it's just not as exciting as I want to be, then I'm going to create excitement. You're going to throw some chance and some dungeon master yeah. controlling abilities into yep. this? So you are going to be God yes, on this one. Yes, that's why I said You're I'm Chuck. This is such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so the winning team, Thomas, this is the cool part. The winning team will receive a free USAopoly Supernatural-themed game, and the choices are Supernatural Monopoly, Trivia Pursuit Supernatural, or the new Supernatural Save Your Souls card game. Those are the three choices for this round. Please get involved, and I will make sure you guys get to pick whatever game you want. We may have uh, more games down the road within the next right. four weeks, but this is going to be the first one. Now, whoever wins is going to be in a drawing. So let's say, Thomas, someone joins your team, right? Okay. You guys win. Right. Naturally. Not only do they win their game of choice, but they will also be entered into another drawing where they can win the grand prize at the end of our events. Okay. And the grand prize will be all, all of the USAopoly products that have oh, the shit. name Supernatural on it. Nice. Yeah. Can I win myself? No. Oh, damn it. <laughs> no. You can put your mom in the running if you want. She can, she can help you, and then she can give it to you. Oh, so God. I feel like this game is going to be a lot of fun, and and I also didn't want to do it as part of the regular show because it's going to take up a lot of time, yeah. and I didn't want to rush through our discussion, especially with a season like this where there's there's just so much to talk about. So we're dedicating an entire hour before the regular show. So the regular show will obviously go live at what six p.m. Pacific. I think so, yeah. And 5 p.m. Pacific will be this show. So we're going to go back to back. Game show leading right into our regular show. We may take a little break in between so we can, you know, go pee. <laughs> Maybe we'll drink buckets. some coffee. We'll just bring buckets. Lines of Coke. Whatever we do in this room. <laughs> and, um, yeah, then we'll do the regular show. That'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. I didn't expect the additional uh, Dungeon Master mic setup. Yeah throwing things in i'm sure that won't bite me in the ass in any way nope <laughs> i might have some sirens in there and, oh god yep yeah knowing you that's gonna be a bad idea <laughs> anyway so that is november 20th again remember check monday, out monday november 20th check out the facebook page in order to get into the drawing beforehand if you want to be part of the teams but for right now we're going to jump straight into the discussion of the episode what? there is not a lot of news in general but we're going straight into this because there is so much shit to talk about Season 13, Episode 5, Advanced Thanatology, written by Steve Yoki, directed by John F. Showalter. Sam and Dean go on a ghost hunt for a doctor who experimented on and lobotomized all of his patients. When Dean chooses to temporarily die to save himself and Sam, he finds an unexpected ally in the new death. Now, Steve Yoki wrote this one. He has been on the show since Season 12. Uh, I actually as a credited writer he had been part of the show beforehand in other capacities but he started with celebrating the life of asa fox lily sunder has some regrets one of my favorite ones from last season twigs and twine and tasha baines and now advanced thanatology and there's some similarities to all of his yes. his work and i know we gave a lot of the credit like the visuals and the execution of the episode for Twigs and Tasha Twine. We gave that to Richard Spate because he directed that episode. But also we did discuss the writing aspect. This guy the concepts. Alone. This guy likes horror and he understands how to do it. He he knows what makes horror work. He understands the horror genre. 
Um, and I know that's something that we got away from a bit in the later seasons of Supernatural, but yeah. it's it's something that Dab is adamant to to bring back. And so far, Yoki, every episode outside of uh, the Lily Sunder episode has been horror eccentric or or morally dark. Yeah, where you think about? It. I mean, Ace of Fox has a friend killing his own friend. The demons came back to possess the hunters in the house, and it very much felt like demons were back to be a threat. Yeah. And then Lily Sunder was more of an angel-centric episode, but it still had angels being villainous dickheads like they used to be, killing children. Which was also morally disturbing. Morally disturbing. <laughs> you had Twigs and Twine and Tasha Baines, not only visually creepy, but the entire concept at the end. I'm dying to find out what happens with that. Yeah. That the sister is this walking horror that any other hunter would have every right to take it's out. It's truly horrific. Exactly. It really is the way that ended. Yes. And it's one of the most memorable moments from season 12 for me. Yeah. And now we get into advanced thanatology. Again, a very horror centric episode that I didn't expect right away. For those of you who don't know, thanatology is the study of death scientific study of death investigates the mechanisms and forensic aspects of death, such as bodily changes that accompany death and the post-mortem period, as well as the wider psychological and social aspects related to death, such as grieving, coping with death, other elements of that. Yeah. This, which right away, that's already fucking creepy. Yeah. And I love when TV shows tell a story with their titles. It's something that supernatural doesn't do all the time. Uh, There's various other shows that we discuss on this network where they actually do that, where Westworld was like that a lot. Uh, The new Star Trek show, Star Trek Discovery, they take titles and the title alone, if you understand what it means, will tell you a bit of a preview of what to expect from the episode. Sometimes it's poetic or sometimes it's just straightforward. It's and it's it's a nice little way for writers to just kind of clue us into what the episode is going to be about, but also there's a certain amount of symmetry yeah. to it. Title your episode and work towards the meaning of that title. And I think this is a great example of that because it's what advanced study of death in which we have a ghost who was a sci- a mad scientist killing yeah. people. We have Dean's entire half second half of the episode wanting to die, killing himself death as Billy the Reaper, or I guess just Billy death i don't even know what we call her now it's not the reaper anymore no she's just death and that entire concept how many different ways dean will die but not exactly what date based on decision making process of him moving forward it it works in a great way for this episode and i think you're right this very much felt like the older style kripke used to bring to us of the horror elements dab like you said, seasons eight, nine, and 10, we had even 11 and 12 a little bit. We had much more of a distance from those horror elements. Dab himself, though, has brought done a lot to bring that back, whether that's vampires storming the Men of Letters bunker and killing a bunch of people going into the Colts reveal. The episode I, I with Moloch, I think that was the yeah. name, where you don't even see... The Creature was one of the greatest episodes for fear in my mind because of the grading that you didn't see it, the sound design in that episode. the This episode here, the lighting, the cinematography, some of the sound work, the special effects were all top-notch, looked fucking phenomenal, and were creepy. 
and it was only half of the episode's content. Yeah, Dab has definitely an affinity towards horror, and it's something that not all showrunners have. have. Like, they understand what Supernatural is. They have to if right. they're going to be a showrunner. But Dab, whether he likes horror or not, I don't really think that matters if he truly does. However, he understands what Supernatural was intended at the very beginning during the early seasons, and he kind of wants to harken back to that. And for him to delve into those familiar motifs and themes what makes the actual american horror it feels right it feels like supernatural and when we see these elements coming back into play we even saw them in season 12 and i know uh we've said our fair share on the overall execution of season 12 but one thing that he did do right with season 12 was the horror aspects that every single episode that delved into those horror elements was was pretty damn good from that perspective when you're dealing with the horror and this season has not shied away from that again this is dab yet again showing what he wants to do with supernatural and his intention to use horror as the foundation for a bigger meaning a bigger story yeah and And, go ahead no and that's what i love i love when you can mask the true meaning of an episode behind a genre that's not necessarily going to be your main story per se but we're going to give it more ramifications there's going to be a greater meaning at the end of this road right and i think we don't give dab enough credit all the time we do have that you know drop there was carver carved things up gamble gambleized and dab dabbed all over it oh but we don't give him enough credit sometimes because you're right. With the horror element, he has done a great job. And it's not just him trying to put a framework around some of these ideas, but he's also taking it in his own direction. Kripke's stuff was very much an homage to the classics of horror, slashers, monster movies, you know, the the stuff from the 70s and 80s and even way back to the 30s and 40s with the universal horror monsters and and. Dracula and things like that. There's an entire episode in season five where it's black and white with Dracula essentially being the villain. This, though, he goes into a lot, frankly, kind of darker elements. Kripke's stuff was very much horror classic. And I feel like Dab's stuff recently has been more the, the Japanese style psychological, the, the mindset behind some of it. Not the torture porn shit like you see in Saw and Hustle that I'm personally not a fan of. But the darker themes, we have things like suicide, famous paintings framed in the opening episode where a a character takes her own life in the bathtub. We have self-injury. We have the loss of one's own identity with regarding Dean. We have horrible things happen from a way that scratches at the back of your mind more than Kripke's, I feel. Kripke's was more the monster that goes bump in the night, and this is more... What happens when you can't face something with a shotgun? Yeah. In some ways. It's what happens when we ourselves lose our mind. Yeah. And he's doing all these things. And I'm which a is, huge fan of that. So am I. And, and he's doing all these things and they're absolutely fantastic. But at the same time, he's still staying true to Supernatural. He's using urban legends, yes. American folklore, and he's dressing it up differently. But he's still utilizing a lot of what Kripke used early in the run of Supernatural. And it's kind of hard now really to pinpoint where Supernatural falls in line in terms of what horror genre it is. It was a lot easier yeah. to pinpoint in the earlier seasons, but that's the nature of a show that's been going on 13 years. As it's long changed. As, yeah. It, it just it, has to. And it, it, Exactly right. It has to change. But as long as there's that familiar 
tone yes. of what makes this specific type of horror show work. I feel like as long as you understand that, you can kind of break the rules. It's no different than than writing. If you know the rules of writing, then you, you can, can break, break them. them. If you yeah. don't know the rules, you need to learn those rules so you can understand how to break them so that you don't break your story. <laughs> and that's something that Dab completely understands. He understands the genre. He understands what he's trying to do. And he's breaking those rules to give us something slightly different. And also, it's just set dressing because – they're just it's just set dressing to launch the bigger story, which so far, five episodes in, has been an emotional story. Yes. We've only seen our alleged big bad, if we are to believe that's the big bad and not Jack, once. Once out of five episodes. And this is an example, the early part of this season so far is of how that can work. Because we are emotionally invested. Invested. And they continue to add more to that emotional front. But without driving it home too much and beating us over the head with it, that's why they give us episodes like this, where they slam the brakes just a bit. They use the horror as, as set dressing, showing us they understand what they're doing. And then here's the main meat of your story right here. Right. And I think this episode worked exceptionally well in showing that because you have so much of Kripke's era influences in the beginning half. And yet with the lighting, with the ghost with the plague mask you know that fits so well his reveal with a spotlight man it was holy so, shit dude it was so it was disturbing the man. sound design was one of the best things for me with that monster ghost scream i mean that's that's something we don't see a lot yeah it's usually just a person yelling this was altered in a way that made it uncomfortable to hear yeah it's creepy were, i i agree man i mean there's a lot more things that just saying, hey, I want to write something scary. Well, that's good when you write something scary, but within your blueprint, your screenplay, you need to make sure everything's there. You need to make sure yeah. it's a blueprint for everything. From that blueprint, everything else is made and brought to fruition. And that's another example of why this episode was so good this week, because this is an episode where our DOP, the, our director of photography, Surge can flex his creative job. muscles as well. Being able to do something different than rather, you know, you got to remember, we're how many years now have we been in the Men of Letters bunker? Since season eight. Yeah, it gets tired. And I'm sure from a creative standpoint, the uh, the camera people are like, all right, this is set a, up standard shot A. Right. So giving them something like this to do kind of reminds us, reminds us of Surge's talent and how great he is yeah. at photographing shots and understanding lighting setups and and reminding us of the old days of supernatural when lighting wasn't just about it was just as much about what you don't see right it wasn't just about the fill and the background and the um and the key and the key light thank you yeah it, it, it was it was more about telling a story through layers of 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 shades of colors and contrast, and that's something we and saw darkness. with this with this um, haunted house. It was lit in a way we haven't seen in quite some time. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about the early, especially season one. And I'll never forget the Wendigo episode where the old man's telling the story. He's it, that room is so fucking dark, yeah. But it fits the the story that they're telling at that time. And this episode was a great example of that. I mean, the, the high contrast and the blue hues. Oh, oh my god, it was amazing, man! Like especially when and you brought this up the the, the reveal, the first reveal we had on the ghost, dude. God, it was great. Good. It was so good. 
I, I usually don't jump with a show because I've seen it for so long now, and I know a lot of what to expect. But when you still see him and the drill kick noise kicks in, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It gets you. It yeah. really does. And, of course, some of that credit has to go to Steve Yoki for his writing of another episode that has some dark messages, not just the monster that we see or the threat to this episode. But disturbing we, imagery. We see some disturbing shit. I mean, that yeah. opening scene, dude. The kid doesn't get away, and he, you can hear the drill whirring. You can hear the screams, and you know what's happening as the other kid runs into the woods. That That is terrifying. Could you imagine being in that situation? Ugh. Fuck every part of that. I would have peed my pants. Well, more than that. I would have <laughs> pooped my pants. I didn't want to say that, but I would have yeah, pooped no, my pants. No, just tell the people. I I'm pooping my pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a horrifying way to start the episode. And it just, it never let up, I felt. Even when we change gears and we go into Dean's story, we switch from visually disturbing to thought-provoking. And emotionally disturbing, disturbing. Emotionally disturbing. The fact that he, and we're getting a little ahead, but the fact that he wants to die. And that's something that we've been talking about all this season, that so many people feel like Dean isn't the same. Dean's not who he is. He has changed. And and we have a ex- great example of that in this episode shown to us by Billy. And we're going to get into that real quick. But first, guys, one of the new games from USAopoly. Join the hunt with your favorite characters from the TV show. We're just going to go to a break. Oh, yeah. okay. We're going to yeah. go to a break. recent trend pattern that i've seen randy and you have and yeah and it took me a while to notice and i think the couple couple shows ago when we found out those secrets i've noticed that (laughs) randy is doing it doing what women probably should do the smarter thing rather than finding the douchebag in the pile of douchebags you know the hot guy with abs and a pierced penis and pierced nipples (laughs) what she does is she gets a goofy gamer Who's tall and lurching? Thanks. <laughs> so stupid. <It's> <laughs> and then she realizes she has an eye for hotness. So she's like, you know what? He has the ability to be very hot. <laughs> so she gets someone who's not very intimidating. Oh, and she Jesus turns him into the next Jason Momoa. <laughs> it is true. She won't let me cut my hair. She has completely changed you since she met you in terms of you your parents. You might be onto something. She has gotten your dick pierced. She's gotten your nipples pierced. <laughs> she sent me a message before the show asking me to fat shame you so you lose weight. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. 
Coming in November is the Crossroads Wayward Sisters edition. Find out the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series. Available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to this, plus hours of additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. Have you missed an episode of Supernatural The Crossroads? Catch up on all our discussions. Just search Supernatural The Crossroads on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the RMD app. Just search Rain Man Digital from your iTunes app store or Google Play. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. I don't know if he's zero pull. Well, he said God has no say in here, correct? Doesn't uh, he allude to the fact that God has no, um, that's up to him? It's him and him alone? That, well, he claims that, but God himself said that he could recreate Gabriel. Right. He just needed time. So this is where those issues come into play. Because if we're led to believe that Castiel has gone to the empty, how many times? This is his fifth time in the empty. How did God pull him every single time from this cosmic no man's land where the cosmic entity has stated that he is the one who decides who comes and goes? Because he was, I, I could argue, I would argue that the entity was asleep. Honestly, dude, if they say that, that's the worst. But honestly, think about. Can this. you imagine the writing room? All right, guys. So how are we gonna get past this one? What if he's taking a nap Good and one. he just like walks out the door? I like it, Meredith. I like it. You snooze, you lose, right? Exactly. All right, let's print it up. That's a wrap, everybody. Head home. Who wants some pizza? No per diem. No per diem. Welcome back, everyone. Supernatural: The Crossroads. Before we get into the discussion, we're going to do a little bit more of the Supernatural Trivia brought to you by USAopoly, and I'm going to ask Mike some questions so he gets embarrassed instead of me. Oh, come on. <laughs> but, but this will be a good way to kind of let People potential know what participants like. to kind of understand what it's going to be like, and maybe they can start preparing mentally. Like, oh, these are the types of questions they're talking about. All right, let's do it. All right, so I'm going to throw this question at you here. Oh, and you know what I may do also, Thomas? Mm. I may throw in some fan fiction questions as well. Oh, that shit. That might be a curveball. That might be a curveball. There's going to be a lot of curveballs, I feel, now. Like, it'll be based on shipping. And, like, there's a certain ship out there and this, this. Ryan's going to get all of those. Yeah. Like, you well, know I'm, it. That's, I'm trying to <laughs> level trying the playing field. It's all that I'm trying to help him. No, I'm not God trying damn to. It. I'm, I'm, I'm the Bernie Sanders of game shows. We're going to take away okay? points from Thomas. We're going to give them to Ryan. We're going to give him <laughs> questions he'll know. I'm trying to be fair. <laughs> Equal. All right. All right. So, well, then here's this question for you. Leave no kid left behind. Bill Clinton started <laughs> that years ago. And I'm adamantly about that. Ryan's a kid? <laughs> Why not? All right. So, Actually. Sam... Meets veter- veterinarian Amelia Richardson oh, while yeah. working at a motel in which city and state? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let me Google. There are, there are ones that you'll get immediately. So I'm gonna, No, no, you fucking <laughs> Google it. 
Um, I have no idea what city. You want to guess at all? Kansas. <laughs> that was my thought too. <laughs> We're go- Geography's going to murder us. I don't. It's, I don't think when I think supernatural, I don't think of locations like that. Right. I, tell me, ask me story questions, something well, like that. The yeah. answer was Kermit, Texas. No, you know what? I knew that. Yeah. I actually, uh-huh. did. after you know, it, it did ring a bell. Okay. The horseman pestilence mm-hmm. hides the Croatoan virus in a vaccine for which disease? The flu. Which one? The bird flu. <laughs> Is that your final answer? <laughs> yes. Swine flu. Oh, I was going to say swine flu. Because you got to think oh, back to 2009, yeah. 2010. I was actually thinking, I'm like, where, what flu was actually a thing back then? It was the <laughs> swine flu. It was. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sam and Dean need Phoenix Ash to kill which supernatural creature? The Phoenix. They need the ashes oh. of the Phoenix to kill the oh, Phoenix. Uh, Eve. Correct. Yeah. Are you, you going to give me a few now? Oh, yeah. That I've made you look dumb. I, I see stuff relating to actual story. I can that's, get. See, that's the thing. Is I think that's going to be all of our strengths, and then like cities are not. Oh wait, this is the rules. Hold on. I was going to ask you. <laughs> is, how does how the game play? The play? Game? <laughs> how do you play Trivial Pursuit? Yeah. All right. That's going to be a curveball. And what year was Deed born? I actually, <laughs> I actually got but, this one again. But I, how does away. this card keep popping up? Ugh. Dude, this is like the second time, third time. Yeah, it is the third time. Jesus, got to shuffle these bad boys. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Um, Jesus, another one. For God's sakes, man, there's 600 cards. How are you struggling? Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, what does... Oh, this is easy. This is from the Winchester category, okay? Okay. From the Winchester category, Thomas. Ah. When does Dean... What does Dean become after he is resurrected by the mark of Cain? A demon. And you would be correct. Yes. See, then there's ones like that that are very easy. All right, this is uh, from... This is a colloquial phrase one. What do demons refer to their human vessels as? Meat suits. Yup. And that's a real question? That's a real question. Oh, okay. See, I, I'm telling you, stuff... For, I think... I'm going to have to sort through these and I'm going to have to find a, a good assortment of them because I'm not going to do them randomly. I'm going to find randomly. Yes. Once I pick them out, meaning I'm not going to choose which questions you got, which which questions go to who, because that would be unfair. Right. But I am going to go through these and pick questions that have a certain has a variety of the questions relating more to the story and then questions relating to like geography. Right. And- All right. And if you guys are not a super trivia buff, you want to play something else, they do now have the Supernatural Save Your Souls card game for two to ten players where you join the hunt with your favorite characters from the TV series along with your uh, you, you team up. Essentially, each round you will encounter and team up with an iconic hunter, angel or the king of hell himself. But beware, if you do not choose wisely, you may lose your soul. Oh, it's got points. It's got different characters, including Crowley is a main one on that. Claire Novak, cool. a bunch of other hunters throughout. Oh, Claire Novak! It's in an, it? Yeah, it's an actual card game with two to ten players that I've started looking at. Mm-hmm. It's exclusive at Hot Topic. You guys can find it there. Make sure you pick that up from USAopoly or USAopoly.com as well. It looks pretty fun. I started reading the rules just the other night, but it was like two in the morning. So if, then- we, <laughs> if we end up playing that game on the air, I'm not going to allow 
Ryan to use Claire Novak because he's been so mean to her. I don't think he's going to want to use I'm Claire just like, Look, I'm gonna, She's immediately No, you go. make him use her because then she's on his team to team up and maybe he'll lose his soul. Well, what's her value? I looked like, at that. Well, well, hold on. What, what are the values of, of the characters? From from what I've just quick quick glance at it, each character has a value attached to them, like a deck of cards. What's Dean's? I didn't see Dean's yet. I okay. just looked at the very beginning, but uh, I know Claire's. How do you know? What were you, your mind immediately went to looking for Claire? No, she was on the back of the package, so as oh, I flipped oh, it over. <laughs> what's her value? Is she powerful? It's a one. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they could do, though? I mean, now that she's part of a, the Wayward Sisters show, maybe they'll create an expansion. Up, an expansion where you can add a card to her. Like, this is this is Claire of seasons nine right. and ten. And this is Claire now. with Wayward yeah. Sisters. I mean, do they do that with other cards, right? Like magic cards oh, yeah, they and up, Star Wars cards. They, yeah. yeah, they increase the level sometimes. So, yeah. I, I haven't learned all the rules yet, but it does look fun. Basically, you have New Hope Luke and Return <laughs> of the Jedi Luke, right? There you go. Yeah. Two different versions. All right. Let's get back into the episode. All right. So the last thing we were talking about before we took a break was that the emotion, the emotional scares in this episode with Dean and his current mental state, his current psychological state, where writer Steve Yoki poked the audience this week by drawing attention to what seems to be a general theme that they want to go for. And at, at least at this point, it has been five episodes in, we have not taken a single break from the emotional impact. And a lot of people have been talking about Dean feels different. Dean's acting different. He's being mean or he's lashing out or there's all these concerns about where he's at mentally. And we really do get into that with this episode. We've seen Dean in dark places before. And he usually, as in this episode, becomes reckless, becomes uncaring about his own life will do whatever and as he says before go down fighting with a gun in his hand but there's something very different between being reckless and outright wanting to die being a yeah being suicidal and that's something that they started kind of allowing us to peek through the potential theme they were working with this season i mean in retrospect they might have even been doing that last year with uh K kelly yeah what's the mom's name kelly klein with kelly klein uh, and they're continuing that that theme into this season. As as we saw, we saw Jack stabbing himself repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, now we have Dean not just being reckless, wanting to die. And as you mentioned, Thomas, this is nothing new for Dean in regards to being kind of emotionally unstable. But again, the key word is reckless. There has been reckless moments. There have been moments where he doesn't really feel like he's worth anything. Right. But he's always had something to fall back on, some reason to keep him there, to keep him yes. grounded in the show like or in this life. Why does he stay around? Because of, let's say, Bobby. Why does he stay around? Because, because, of, Sam. because of Sam. Why does he stay around? Because of his mother. Now you have Sam, who is completely emotionally stable, level-headed. He has come out. He's come into his own as a leader, and now Dean, as an older brother, think about it. It's really smart writing. He doesn't need him anymore. He does technically. Sam doesn't really need Dean to survive. Like he would yes. be okay when you really think about it. As, as sad as that sounds, not to say Sam wouldn't die for him and do everything to protect him. I'm saying that from a person's perspective, like Dean and what he's going through, he sees someone who's very emotionally stable right now. 
He lost his mother. He lost Castiel. Sam doesn't necessarily need him. He's not the little tiny baby brother he had anymore. The guy can handle shit. So where do you go when you're a character like that? Who's broken and who needs to fix and help? Where do you go when you have nothing left? You start weighing the pros and cons of, do I even belong in this world anymore? Should I even live or should I just let myself die? Yeah. And I mean, when you think back to previous times where Dean's been dark, you immediately think of season three when he has a death sentence of a year before he knows for a fact he's going to die. And but even back in that again, very different, very different. When you look at him in that season, you have the Christmas episode, which is one of my favorite episodes where he is upbeat and jovial, despite knowing that this is his last Christmas, he tries to, he still has something to believe in. He still has Sam. He's okay with dying because it brought Sam back. And like you said, right. Sam was, you know, the wounded or, or the unsure of himself, or he had powers that nobody were understood or were aware of even. And Dean always had to be there to help raise him, help bring him into his own. And now with season 12, we see that Sam doesn't need Dean. And if Sam doesn't need Dean and the only other people who did, he got killed or he feels like he did. Yeah. These are his all other friends and family are all gone. Yeah. These are ingredients for, for where Dean's at. It's an ingredient for an emotional disaster. And that's why that's really the genius behind where Dean is at right now. Like it's been a slow burn since last season, specifically towards the tail end of last season, they, they've been working towards getting Dean in this position to where he feels completely helpless. It's it's really, it's actually very well executed for it to be more believable and not for it to feel like something we've seen before. Because yeah. when you're dealing with a show, again, we always say this, but when you're dealing with a show that's been going on for 13 years, uh, moving into 13 years, you start trying to, as a writer, it becomes a struggle to find emotional different. emotional trauma that makes sense and that's not quite like we've seen before, right. but also stays true to who these characters are and it would make sense to who they are, what we've seen, and what they've been through. And I think that's something that even if you compare it to where Dean was in previous seasons, you know, season seven was the one where he had an alcohol problem more than anything because of Bobby's death. And... In that season, he still he was like, I've got to take out the Leviathans. I'm going to kill Dick he, Roman. He had a big goal. Sam and I have work to do. With season 13, with Lucifer being locked away and everyone else not being a threat except Jack, really, this is a great setup to where he can look introspectively and be like, am I doing any good here? This is a question that has been asked not just by themselves but by other hunters and, and supernatural beings. You guys constantly fuck things up. I mean, that was all of what season 11 was. They let out the darkness. Good job. The British men of letters are another element of how people were doing it, you know, maybe more amorally, but people were doing the job better, theoretically. Is Dean really needed in this world anymore? Especially with the end of season 12, where he lets Sam be the leader of that hunter group that takes out the British men of letters. That was, that was a huge moment for Sam and Dean's relationship but also for Dean as a person, because like you said, it's it's he's almost at the point of passing on the torch. He doesn't feel like he brings any value. And when God doesn't answer his prayers in the premiere episode or the second episode about what happened, bring somebody back. Chuck, damn it, listen to me. And he punches that door because he feels like he's so special. Why can't he do anything? Why can't anybody stay alive? You know, and it, I, it's a very relatable idea of do we matter? A very dark idea too 
And in this episode, we actually see him, somebody, you know, talk to him about that in a way in which he can't fucking ignore a shrink. Right. You can't ignore death itself. Yeah, they're finding they're finding convenient little ways that that to make Dean show us how he's feeling. Yeah, and I think, and not telling, which is you know such a, a problem on TV today. Um, show not tell, and they're finding ways to show us Dean's issues by gimmick writing that works. And I'm not using the word gimmick as a negative. negative. Right. I'm, I'm using it as a gimmick that actually works. It's a great writing device. And of course, all of this, all these emotions and, and where we're at currently, and this again, the genius of the writing plan, and it gives me hope that there's a lot that Dab has actually had a plan, much like we said last year, that Dab is working towards something much bigger because all of this has been on slow burn and geared really to get to get the audience to where we need to be for some epic reveals callbacks and of course the return of a character and the explanation behind what happened to another one of our characters of course being death right which huge huge fan of that explanation in a way that doesn't feel contrived but also still and this is one of the things we talked about that solves a question we've had since the end of season 10 you know we find out that billy the reaper has now become the new incarnation of death and that when death or a version of it is killed, another Reaper, the next one to die, will take their place, restoring order and balance to the cosmos, essentially. Now, this shows that not only was the previous incarnation of death either A, a previous Reaper from eons ago, maybe he was the first, we have no idea of knowing, but it shows that Billy the Reaper brought her back into a way that makes sense. And it allows the universe to have some rules that make sense. And it also allows for a lot of new concepts that death itself is not an entity. It is not a person that can be stopped. It is a force of nature. It Just like life happened, and Chuck says that he didn't create it so much as it just happened, and he helped make it work. Death itself is a force that just happens. There has to be someone at the helm of that ship, but it's always going to be there. And it's a it's a good thing and a bad thing because I know there were some people that were upset that what doesn't it means we're not going to see the return of I cannot remember the actor's last name Julian the original death as that entity at least at this time because we've said that phrase before yeah and, and you know what I, and you and I discussed this already before the show started today and I can understand that I mean as a fan again when you're dealing with a show like Supernatural. Uh, the fandom wants what the fandom wants, and we all have moments of being a fanboys, fangirls, whatever you may have, and um, we want certain things. But just because we want something that we didn't get doesn't mean it was a bad decision. Right? It might not be what everyone was expecting and wanted, but setting aside that for a moment, it actually works. And you were beginning to get into this. It actually feels like a beginning of something new that Dab, again, might have been working toward fixing as well. Because as we know, there are so many mechanical issues with the Reapers. Yes. This might more be, than anything, I think I would have to agree with that more than any other alleged canon issues that we may have in Supernatural over the course of 13 years. The Reapers have been the ones that have been the most fucked with all the different <laughs> changes, with all the different things that they come up with, even dating back to Kripke's era. He also had 
confusion when it came to the Reapers. What do they do? What do they look like? Is there hierarchy? And this might be a way of explaining and fixing some of these issues. I think by giving rule and order and a hierarchy, Mm -hmm. I think by establishing a hierarchy within the Reaper circles and how death works, it actually helps us start creating a bigger picture of what everything may actually look like and work. And it may actually in the end, again, this is only the beginning of it, by the end, we may end up seeing that there is in fact a hierarchy, that all these different Reapers we saw were different versions. They all did different things. They all had different jobs, much like angels, much like demons. They all have positions and jobs and and different levels of authority. And if this is, if if we are to believe kind of the breadcrumbs that Dab and the writers have, have, have been dropping for us since Dab has taken over, this dude likes to fix shit. That's one thing yeah. Dab... And we keep saying that because this is what Dab does best. He knows how to fix certain issues and close things off. And this might be the beginning of that. And it's and it's it's double serving. Yeah. Not only are we getting some more lore that will help propel our narrative forward for the season and the myth arc, but we're also possibly getting ways that the Reaper situation can finally be fixed and explained to the audience. Because when you consider where Reapers started and where they are now, good job. I just dropped my tea. Good job. Where a Reaper started in season one with the episode Faith, I, I, I love that sequence when we first introduced them. But then when we see Reapers as the years go on, you start to think, dude, that guy's got a serious fucking skin condition or something. That, yeah. Because he looks fucked by comparison the to one some that of the was on a chain that was uh, linked through magic. Yeah, that they yeah. had a binding spell and she could transfer life force in yeah. season one. That was terrifying but that rules have changed a lot then we thought they were kind of angels in season nine and that didn't exactly make sense yeah it it got strange it got strange but you're right the fan in me wants julian richings that's his last name to be death because he's what i've known and he was phenomenal and he was so ominous whenever he entered the room but at the same time i've said the same things about billy when she enters the room you're like oh shit Bad stuff's going to happen. He has a blank stare that is... The the dead-eyed fucking (laughs) stare. Like, she does not give a flying crap about you. And it works. So for them... And also, it's more cohesive with the story they're telling now. If they were to bring death back, it would be eye-rolling. If they were to bring back the real death that we knew... The original. When you really think about it, it would just be more the same. Oh, we brought another character back from the dead. Eye-roll. Right. This was ultimately a good call. I think it was a great decision because, like you said, maybe the fans of us wanted somebody else to return. But from a writing standpoint, that's just bad to have him come back after death itself, his own scythe. I mean, the only way you could have that would potentially be the alternate reality. But we don't even know what the realms of that are because Billy's aware of it. She's aware of the House of Cards multiverse. And, and so is there only one force of death? Yeah. And, and that's something that is another example of why using billy was such a great example or a good a good decision i should say to bring back because it also answers the question as you alluded to earlier about chuck and his words that he said before he left in season 11 that sam and dean are the chosen ones that they're part of the chosen ones and that they're important and by utilizing billy to be the one to reiterate that in the show for the audience as well as dean to help again push that part of the story forward not only did it create the connection from season 11 because we were all wanting that we, and yeah that, 
we all wanted to understand what that meant. Why is Billy the Reaper running around talking about cosmic consequences, wanting to put them into the empty when we were told by God himself that they are important. They are the chosen yeah. ones. And for her to be conveniently pushed into this role, into the position that she's now in, it helps explain things to the audience and it shows that they are important. And it also explains a way why a creature like death, the previous death, who's so primordial and just all inspire, awe-inspiring and powerful, would even give the time of day to Sam and Dean. Yeah, it explains it, why he tolerated them in any way. Does And even though it was cool and it worked in season five and season six, and we're like, yeah, death is on board Team Winchester. These guys are awesome. These, these what was it, pickle chips are amazing yeah, in season seven. Everybody, everybody drinks the Winchester Kool-Aid. But now... But why would this cosmic entity of death do that? And now... It, now it makes sense. Yeah. He because knew. he saw the bigger picture. He knew of their importance. And he liked to fuck with people and get free food. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a great way. This is a great way to bring all these things back. And not that they were ever issues in the past, but it makes the world feel more cohesive. And it strengthens your storylines. Yes. It strengthens your lore. It strengthens the mythology. Everything works. And in some ways, it, it for me, can retroactively fix other things I had questions about. Not just with death. I remember back in season six where they tried to kill fate. Right. And there were other cosmic entities that have died. Right. And like, how, how can you just take this thing out and there's no ramifications? Well, because maybe something else filled that role. That these, the rules are constants. It's the shape or the face to these things that change. Yeah. I like, I love this interpretation. And as you said, her understanding of how the universe works now answers more questions but also brings in new ones and not ones like well what the fuck happened to death for the last two seasons but questions of what does this mean for the universe how does this work does she know more than we thought she mentions in this episode that she doesn't necessarily want the winchesters she doesn't want them to die anymore because she knows they have a greater purpose she sees the bigger picture now and she says their work is not done. They have work to do. Like Scooby-Doo. Like Scooby-Doo. This directly ties into Chuck and what he said with they are the chosen ones or some of the chosen ones. Whether or not that's the end of Supernatural's, the, the final end when we get to there, or if this is something even relating to this season with Jack the Nephilim being this super fucking powerful entity that we are potentially watching the beginning of his downfall we don't know. We talked about that last episode. She sees how much value they have. It reminds me of Castiel when he's reading the Chuck books in season four. He's like, these are the, the gospel of Winchester yeah. is what these are going to turn into. And her whole comment about the House of Cards bit. That was such a great moment. That she knows there's other multidimensional realities. Now, does this mean that she as death or God in this universe is in control of all of those? Are they at the top and there's all these different realities throughout? Yeah. That would explain where Chuck goes for so long. It would also, I mean, I think you and I, did we discuss this last week? I think, I think it was where we started talking about, is there just one God? Is yes. there multiple yes, gods? Yes, we talked about that last week. And I think this kind of alludes to an answer. I know that sounds very vague, and it was, and I think it's meant to. We don't want all the answers quite yet. No. But I think the fact that Billy doesn't want people crossing over to other worlds and that she's curious as to how this is happening and not wanting the Winchesters to fuck it up, <laughs> I think that gives us a, a clear picture 
it kind least, of as best as it, we it's could. It's a bit ambiguous, but I think it does give us some some insight insight into how things operate, and that there are singular powers. Like when when you're talking about the ultimates, like death, like God, like the Horseman. I think there are ones, and that's it. There's the there's uniqueness to those particular entities, and I feel like if they do stick to that. I think that would be way better than giving us multiples of everybody because yeah. as we know in the multiverse, there usually are singulars. There are entities that are the ultimates and it, there are no duplicates. In other them. fiction, yes. Yeah, when you're talking about other fictitious. And I think this solves – this little concept that death gets reborn in a different form and that it is aware of the multidimensional facilities answers what happened to God for so long. Where did he go? And that would explain why the angels don't know about it, but God himself could leave. It would explain Amara's destroying of other worlds and God going on to make a new one. It explains what happened to the horsemen when they got their fingers cut off and the rings taken. They disappeared from our reality, but does that mean they're gone forever or are they into another dimension and they're no longer powerful in this one? Exactly. Where did they go? Or did some other reaper entity take over the form of war, pestilence, and famine? Yeah. It does. If that happened to death, there's no reason to think that those things, because those are cos- constant cosmic concepts. Say that five times fast. Yeah. It does give it us insight. It takes a lot of stuff it, if you really think about it. It really does. When you go all the way back, and yeah. the horseman has always been something that a lot of you people question. I'm like, I, okay, it's bothered me since that's day one. great. They're awesome. They're badass. But where do they come from? Where do they fucking go? Where do they come from? We know they're not dead. Where do they go? Because they say as uh, much, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> do you get what i'm saying yeah, though like no. <laughs> this little insight here actually helps you work put through it into that. perspective yeah it works through that and it and now we're okay with not necessarily having it all spelled out because now knowing that the cosmos is so much bigger and and we did have a little bit of this with the carver's run with felicia day crossing over into oz and that there's a whole yeah. other world's so they've been working towards that for quite some time. They've been fumbling around with these ideas. So we know other worlds exist. But Oz, again, I don't think is another world. I think it's more of another dimension, which let's keep the simple supernatural writers. Let's not go too far into all these areas. Yeah. I think it, I think it becomes too um, but between, lucky. But between the dark, bizarro universe, between that Oz, even that pocket reality where the soul eater existed where dean and bobby see each other yeah it, it helps make all of it make more sense we can within the realms of human knowledge you know compartmentalize some of these things right and answer questions that we as the fan base have had for a long long time now the fact that she knows they're so much more important leads me to think that perhaps castiel is more important i mean he he is kind of proven that over yeah. the years. Yeah. Because he's been he's returned, and this is something that you and I talked about last week that you got really into was is this which version of Castiel is this necessarily? How many times does he come back? Does he have the ability? Does God have the ability to have him come back through the empty, or did the empty send it back? They shit him out. It shit him out. Yeah. But he comes back in this and at this point, I think even Billy as death now could see that there's more to Castiel. He's clearly special, like the Winchesters, for him to come back this many times. And what a fucking way to come back at the end of this episode after Dean's immeasurable sadness yeah. in this episode. Yeah, well, it just it fits so perfectly because you had, I think at this point, Dean was already 
completely broken. And he was. And this episode's events didn't help. Right. I mean, the fact that he couldn't even save a child from a simple ghost, it, it, it was a breaking point yet again for Dean. And when he told Sam he needed that win, you felt it. I mean, the, the acting of Jensen Ackles once again just shining through in this episode. But not only is it doom and gloom, like because we've gotten a lot of doom and gloom this season. And to give the audience, as well as Dean and Sam, the return of Castiel the way they did at their breaking point, at their breaking point where Dean doesn't know if he wants to live anymore and suddenly Castiel returns. This is how you bring a character back where it matters. And I will say, I really, a large part of me really does wish that we hadn't known he was coming back until now. I agree. I, I think agree. had you and we've done said this before throughout all seasons all so season, far, but I think I, had we not had Jack wake him up, had we not seen the empty last episode, and had his first return appearance been this moment. moment, then we get into where he was and how it happened. This is where flashbacks would fact, work. That's where flashbacks would work in a way that's not condescending. Yeah, and it would it would it, that imagine if you didn't know. It would it, we imagine would, 10 years from now if you're Netflix binge watching this and you haven't seen the news because it's not blasted over everything. You would and you feel get to that episode having not seen him in episodes three and four. Yeah, you would feel exactly the way Dean exactly felt. exactly the way he felt, which is what you're supposed to do as a writer. You're supposed to make the audience connect and understand the emotional hurdles that these characters are going through. So despite all that, I, I, I mean, this is just a great way. I mean. This is a great way to bring a character back. When you bring characters back, they have to mean something to the story. Have to, exactly. They have to mean something to our protagonist. And at that moment, Dean needed that win. And that was just a genius way to close it out and give Dean something to fight for. You exactly. know, and, and, and to feel it brought that him not, back from the brink. Yeah, and, it was very, very, very good. And that's like you said, it's that is how you reintroduce a character that is necessary to the story, not necessarily because we miss them or wouldn't it be fun to have this person show up again, but because it's going to have a direct emotional impact, not only on our character, but it's going to affect how he looks at everything, how he fights for the, the you know, whatever villain was Asmodeus or whatever happens. Dean has some of his hope restored to him. With Castiel's return, that is a great way to do it. And I, again, I know we beat on this drum all the time, but it would have been great had that been the first time we see him rather than having known it was coming. So we, we got to do a live read. Yep. Go ahead. The Crossroads Videocast guys, retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, general geek outs, plus we're going to be introducing a new Wayward Sisters edition where we go into all the information and discussion about the upcoming spinoff episode. If you guys pledge just 10 bucks or more a month to Patreon, you will get all of this content plus a lot more, including additional episodes of Rain Man Show, additional episodes with Comic Book Chaos, things with Winch or Hangover Betty when that becomes a thing, Weird West Radio, all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff, all for just 10 bucks a month. So if you guys are a fan of this, you will get more of what you like starting all the way back to season one. So head on over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge. And we love you. Yeah. And we want to make love to you. Well, mostly you. mostly Ryan, but yes. Wait, we want to make love to Ryan? No, Ryan wants to make love to most people. 
Oh, okay. I want to make love to myself while I'm watching Ryan make love to everybody Maybe else. that'll be a Patreon tier. We'll, we'll come up with it. It'll be a camera in the room, fly on the wall edition. Yeah. <laughs> fly on the wall edition. <laughs> oh, and we've lost some people there. Probably. All right. So uh, I think we're ready for final thoughts, right? And, and listeners, uh, thoughts I want to get into a little bit of the effects real quick with this monster this week. I thought we talked about the discussion of how disturbing it was to see the kid take a drill to his own head like holy shit first of all but i loved the ghost that's ballsy dude that's ballsy supernatural yeah it was really i i loved seeing the ghost come through the door part way and then back out blow this the salt out of the we way we haven't seen that before right i don't think we've seen the halfway stop and then i retreat. Like that. i think we've seen only oh it can't get through yeah i don't know if that was the writers that came up with that yoki or if that was you know adam and the visual effects team who said hey what let's if, better do that what if we do that yeah i mean damn it that was fucking cool because i the first thing i started asking myself is have we seen that before i loved it yeah. and i loved when it was when they were burning the masks how he screamed with the drill the whole time in this inhuman that was even even scary. unghost-like it was a monster animal cry yeah as he slowly burns up horrific it was horrifying yeah and i loved it and i loved how when they even touched the mask the timing of the sound to the screams in the other room i loved the sounds of the whispers of not just the monster the the, the ghost doctor but the other ghosts in the house in the very beginning when the kids are running out and even when Sam and Dean are running. I love the horror elements in this. And I love the visual effects. So kudos to Adam and the team. That was fucking awesome to watch. And I loved every minute of it. I think with that, it's time for us to kind of go into our final thoughts. Then we'll get some discussions from the listeners. Mike, what did you think of this episode? What do you give it as an overall grade? Is it not obvious already? Um, I give this episode an A. Maybe even an A plus. I, I, let, me, let me make my final decision after my final thoughts okay <laughs> okay um solid installment of supernatural this is the very reason why we watch supernatural the emotional high, highs the emotional lows i'm a fan of, of of taking our characters grabbing them by their head and shoving them into the dirt making them get grimy and dirty and distraught and broken and then we build them back up that's what that's the building blocks of drama tragedy it's shakespearean yep and this is what Supernatural has become. That's all the way starting, back to ancient Greece. Yeah. And we haven't seen these, this type of cohesive writing when it comes to emotion. Carver had his, his highs and the things he did really well. Gamble did her things that she did really well. Adab is, is just exceptional at building these emotional arcs. Him and the writing team, they, they have a definitive goal they have a definitive place where they're going, and many of the decisions they're making leads me to believe that Dab may not be like Carver, where Carver would be at Comic-Con saying, well, we don't really know what we're going to do next year. Right. Where the only showrunner that we can definitively say had a plan of action, a beginning and an end, was Kripke. Yes, he didn't know all everything that came in between. He knew that he had to work there, but he, for the most part, he knew where he was going to start of course and he knew where he was going to end i mean he worked on his story for over 10 years so he right. had a general idea of where he wanted to take the story obviously you have to fill up seasons and this is where you come up with motifs and themes myth arcs yada 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 and then we have carver and gamble who specifically carver who would be at comic-con saying yeah we're not really quite sure what's going to happen 
uh, next season. Uh, we kind of just ended it, and we're going to be working on that in the summer. Right. I, and you could feel it in the episodes. It, it showed. You can feel it in the seasons, whereas with this, you can feel the connection. Despite our dislike, for the most part, for season 12, we feel the connections and the fact that they were laying down the groundwork for this season. And this is why we're getting such a, such a solid fucking season so far was because there appears to be foresight and <laughs> Imagine planning that. and planning. The they, house didn't fall down. <laughs> they have all these plans, you know, and they're actually go, working through them. So it's just a, a great episode and just a great installment in so far what a, seems to be a fantastic season so is that an a or an a plus a plus a plus <laughs> I, you know, let me think now you know i'm gonna give it an a an a yeah all right i think this episode again i was phenomenal i loved the monster this week i thought it was very creepy it very much felt like kripke's style of horror but mixed as you said with dab introducing these really dark emotional concepts not just with what happened with the monster in these episodes and the death of the kids that they couldn't save. But with Dean himself, the lore introductions with Billy the Reaper and solving some of those questions that I've had since, I mean, when I think about the horsemen since season fucking five, I've had questions answering some of that in a way that makes sense that as we hope could potentially fix some of the problems that the lore around Reapers has had over the last few years. I, I loved Seeing some of the emotional side, because one thing, and I didn't mention this earlier, it just came to me now, we don't really see a lot of the people who suffer from the monsters or the things like that really dealing with it emotionally. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'll be okay. I'll see you guys later as they drive off into the sunset. This is a mom, a, a kid who can't talk after the events, with a mom who loses her son with yep. no real answers as yep. to what happened. And her, even when he finally when he screams awake in the middle of the night and then says, okay, you can see on her face just him saying that one word meant so much. And then immediately it's taken away again. Dab and the writers are doing great with the emotional aspects of these episodes, not just with Dean and the major characters, but even the smallest characters who for any foreseeable reason will never show up again. I loved that. And I think this episode was also despite all the darkness, pretty funny at times Dean being hung over and eating the bacon, I hope someone makes a gif of that, where he's trying to eat it and it falls. The three Bs? <laughs> exactly. What do you call it? Bacon, beer, bacon, booze? He's booze twice? Beer? Oh, yeah, wait a second. <laughs> um, I forgot what it was now. I'm going to have to look it up. Baking. He bakes a lot of cakes. Oh, so stupid. <laughs> no, I thought this episode was great. I give it an A. It, it was a ton of fun to watch. It was scary in some ways dark and others and also funny at the same time while moving the lore along and i can't wait to see what's continuing from an episode that i thought was going to be just a standard monster of the week moving forward yeah so with that we're going to take a couple of listener thoughts on this don garrett says i love the old school horror feel he says i was completely blown away with billy being the new death and also loved how the explanation of her promotion was completely believable I don't remember ever seeing Dean this depressed. I could tell by how quickly he pulled out the syringes that part of him was hoping that it would be a one-way trip. Absolutely. Uh, yes, definitively. When he says that he needed a win, I could hear the desperation in his voice, which made his phone call from Cass all the better. This season is getting better with each episode, and I hope the trend continues. 
Uh, Sarah Long Plemons says, my favorite episode so far. I cried through most of it. I feel the season is going to be a Dean-centric, which I have no problem with. Glad to see Billy's back and glad she got a promotion. And Cass, he looked like he was going to cry. So I did for him. <laughs> uh, A-plus in my book. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Love the show as much, almost as much as Supernatural. That's quite a claim. Really? Who said that? Sarah Long Plemons. Oh. Love your show almost as much as Supernatural. Well, thank you. Yeah. Not... Uh, that's awesome dude <laughs> honestly that threw me a little bit there uh jane coleman says this episode was so epic i wouldn't even know where to start with my thoughts on it let alone all the feels season is shaping up to be a fully rounded a plus across the board a lot of people are liking the season so far dude this is a dramatic shift i think in just general positivity i'm sure the people that don't like st- good stories i'm sure they don't like well there's it. them like, this is shit it castiel sucks <laughs> Uh, Kathy Waters says, not sure where to begin. What an incredible episode. I can't believe it just keeps getting better with each episode. Season 13 is rocking it. I'd love to have been a bug on the wall in that writer's room this season. They seem to be so in sync with each other, and the continuity from episode to episode has been so much better than sometimes in the past. I am enthralled from start to finish, stomach churning, a smile here and there, a tear here and there. Everything a show that has been on 13 years should not be able to do. But somehow they keep coming up with great ideas, new, intriguing ways to bring back an old monster. Billy as death. Great idea. Sam doing uh, but Sam doing his research on strip clubs and trying to make his brother happy. Oh, man, Jared is killing it. Yeah. But that's another. we didn't touch on that. But that's another example of Sam being level headed. Yeah. And a great way to contrast the two brothers and where they're at right now. Again, with Dean realizing he has no reason to live allegedly well not allegedly but from his perspective perspective, he has no reason to live and sam's now the one trying to get him to feel better right i mean the roles have have changed he's trying to care for his brother and that was i love that moment too i I forgot to forgot to bring i forgot to bring it up and i'm kind of pissed off at myself for (laughs) not putting in the show notes but that was such a great moment because it was very telling about again where sam is at as a character not just where he's at as a character but the the guy's acting ability i loved when he and dean are confronting each other as they go into the hotel yeah there was a lot of little things and we're gonna take a minute here just to talk about this there's a lot of little things between jared and jensen's acting in this episode that i fucking loved whether it was him talking about strip clubs and saying like you were trying to get her to go to nursing school and then Jared's whole face <laughs> emotional well you, all right fine you're right that little that's bit you. there <laughs> that's like you and Ryan talking it is that really is and then <laughs> Dean's trying to not talk cuz he's hungover can barely eat the bacon waving at the door because he's like why the fuck does this not open little things like that that make their characters feel so much more real than just saying the lines and moving on to the next blocking point. Yeah. It makes it feel like I, I know these people. Yeah. Uh, she says, Jensen, as usual, making us feel so much with just a look or an expression. When are these guys going to get an Emmy? Character growth galore. I was so afraid Dean wouldn't share his experience, but Sam Sam's not having it anymore. No secrets is a bliss. I saw a few comments about Dean being too out of character, being so dark, blah, blah, blah. She actually says that part. I want to ask those people, are they the same person that reacts in the same way they did 12 years ago? I mean, who really is? They need to put a sock in it and realize that the show has more reality in it than most reality shows. I certainly hope most of us have grown, matured, or changed in some way after 12 years. And that's a fair point because we have heard a lot of people say this doesn't feel like Dean. But at the same time, 
when you consider what he went through, how many people are the same after losing a parent? The characterization of Dean is on point. It is it's definitely phenomenal. Dean. Uh, when life serves, you know, throws something at you, a hurdle or an obstacle, I mean, you're going to react. And to me, it makes sense to what we've seen and and who we know Dean to as, be. To be, it makes sense that these are his reactions. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people, um, some of the negative people out there right now, individuals, a lot. I because I, I go through all the hashtags. I try not to bring it into the show because I want to stay positive, but. A lot of the complaints have to do with Castiel, and I, yeah. I, there were so many articles about why Castiel needs to be in Supernatural right now, and all of them had no basis of story. It was it's because just, I don't Castiel like him. is funny, because Castiel brings a smile to your face. It, it had no bearing on the writing, on the actual writing of the story, and and when it's the right time to bring this character in. And I'm one of the biggest Castiel fans. I I would wager I'm even probably on par with a lot of the people who absolutely love him who are writing these articles. But the thing is, is that I can separate myself from uh, the fan, the fan, and what's good for the writing. And the decisions they're making is good for the writing. Absolutely. It makes perfect and, sense uh, for where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, then last one here that I'm going to talk about Cheryl Dickinson or Dickens Peterson says another great and super creepy episode. thought Sam was possessed or something for a minute. Billy is back. I had been thinking <laughs> when death dies, someone would have to take his place. Not the biggest cast fan out there, but when they found him, I was so happy because they did it right. Exactly. Good win. Thank you. And I'm glad she said that. Yeah, I'm that's not what I wanted big, to talk about. I am not a big Castiel fan uh, quoting what she says, right? I'm not a big Castiel fan, but it felt good because they did it right. Yes. That's what you do. She says, this show has always been my, quote, guilty pleasure. But since I listened to your reviews and explanations about the writing and technical aspects, I don't have to feel guilty anymore. No, this is no guilty pleasure show. I, no, and it shouldn't be. But I, I'm guilty glad pleasure to... if you're, you know, spanking one out while you're watching well, Sam and Dean on screen. Ryan never feels guilty. I do. I usually cry afterwards. Oh, I'm, I'm over that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to talk about what Cheryl said there because... To to pat ourselves on the back just a little bit. I'm going to be a little pretentious. But Go the ahead. fact that she says that listening to us about the writing and technical aspects has made her enjoy the show more. And the fact that right there, as you said, they did Castile right through the writing. a The proper way and time in which to bring the character back makes the show that much better. If you look at it from these angles and if you do it the right way, you can have these emotional impacts. 13 years into your show where other shows out there lose it after two or three. Yep. So that guys, that's our grades. A guilty there. pleasure would be like watching I zombie. I mean, that's oh, a guilty God, pleasure. Yeah. You know, or, or watching maybe even walking dead at this point. Oh no. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, supernatural. No way, man. This show is, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a snob when it comes to television. I think you and I always argue oh, yeah. about stuff. I and, don't, fucking bother with a lot of if stuff if this show was sucky i would uh, sorry we wouldn't be here guys yeah the show would be over <laughs> this show <laughs> that we're doing right now all right so let's talk a little bit about the upcoming episode episode six tombstone oh. castiel is reunited with jack and together with sam and dean they head to a sleepy old western town Sounds to investigate like, a murder like the beginning of like some fan fiction they all get together and the gang if we get the scooby gang and they, and they, <laughs> they go, I don't know. Just read it again for me. Let me see. 
Castiel is reunited with Jack and together with Sam and Dean, they head they to jerk a, each other off. Like it just sounds like the beginning of centipede. some poorly written. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they human centipede each other. Yeah. On the next In supernatural. It's like a square centipede. <laughs> <laughs> uh, head to a sleepy old Western What's the name town. of the snake that eats its tail? What's the name of that? Ouroboros. Yeah, that's what it is. Put that, uh, put that type of visual imagery into your fan fiction oh. and send it to me. <laughs> Please send we'll that have to Ryan me. read it on air. Yeah. Some, yeah. What if they get like, it's gonna be like, yeah, do it. Let's do that. All right. They head to a sleepy old Western town to investigate a murder. Dean gets to live out his boyhood fantasy. <laughs> When he comes face I'm to face you, with see, a famous gunslinger, this is written by like a fan fictioner. Like they're just like, yeah, how can I put the slime on this one? Yeah, uh, this one is going to be directed by Nina Lopez Corrado and written by Davy Perez, one of our favorites from last season. Mm-hmm. Now, Tombstone, the sleepy old town. I honestly hope it comes to Tombstone, Arizona. That'd be cool. I, it makes no sense not well, to have what that. other Tombstone. Is there? Is no, there another the, tomb? I'm saying rather than just, that just being the title. Have that be the town in which they come to because there is a shit ton of cowboy history, A, in Tombstone, Arizona, and Tombstone, Arizona, and in Arizona as a state. And they've never been officially to Arizona. I don't believe they have. And watch somebody correct us immediately and screaming they, at the headphones right there now. There was a map that was uh, being circulated on social media, I want to say last year, yeah. of all the locations that the Winchesters have actually, where they're, um, their jo- their uh, monster hunting has taken them to right and arizona was one of the states not highlighted so hopefully we see that in this episode yeah i mean the farthest they've gone down south was um maybe the chitters uh and also the maze god oh god wow Remember that episode yeah. I, I there's only they've only done it a few times but for the most part they always stay within the midwest you know in urban and legends Northern. american folklore yeah they don't really go into um the south very much so hopefully we'll see some of that this episode. And I'm looking forward to see the relationship between Castiel and Dean and just seeing how much of a turnaround Dean's personality mood will take. Well, just in the preview, he was like ear to ear. Yeah. yeah. He's like a kid in a candy shop again. Yeah. And I did like if you've seen the trailer, Dean looks the part. He looks like he could be a sheriff in that town. And then Castiel's in a trench coat with just like the hat on. He looks like a fucking dork. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, it works, man. I, I'm I'm okay with them uh, taking a break at this point. I, I know we, yeah. we're always the we're ones al- who are screaming don't. Yeah, we're always adamant about, no, keep going with the myth art. Keep doing it. But we've been in this so deep and it's felt so good for the last five. So deep and so good. It's felt <laughs> oh so Jesus. good. And I like it deep. All right. I like it deep. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Deep and girthy. Pleasurable. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There, Jesus Thomas. <laughs> Dude, come on, that was. Imagine if Ryan was here, what he would have said well, to you. Yeah, he would not have let me get away with that either. Exactly. Um, no, I feel like the episode. I think it's time to, to bring, take a break. Yeah, bring some uh, levity. Yeah, why not? We've been really in the thick of it for quite some time now. It's been very dark, morbid, very emotional. So if they give us an episode that feels a little lighter. Not only is it okay at this point, but it, it's at the right time, actually. It's at the right time. Yeah. If they would have given this episode to us three episodes ago, it would not have made it sense. Have, emotionally, where, it would not have worked. Right. Now, give us an episode. happy. Yeah. Theoretically, that Dean will be in a happier mood, not suicidal. It makes sense to have a 
more jovial episode. Yeah. Something with some fun, especially if it's one of his, you know, childhood fantasies with we know he loves the Wild West, whether it was season six, and he loves the old days with uh oh, the cop, the the untouchables. Yeah. I cannot remember the cop's name, but he, he loves going back in time and all that stuff. Elliot Ness. Elliot Ness, thank you. It'll be fun to see that again, and I think you're right. This is the great time to have that to show a emotional difference from where we've been. And to give us a little bit of a break before we get right back into a mid-season premiere or mid-season finale. Yeah, and two episodes, three episodes from now. Three we episodes get, after that. We, what do we get? We get the backdoor pilot, right? Exactly. So, good so lot to look forward to. And so far, season 13 has been rocking it. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And don't forget, November 20th is our next live show. And we're going to be starting an hour earlier, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, for the bitch, jerk game, jerk, bitch game, whatever. Jerking bitches. Yeah, whatever it may be called, <laughs> uh, where we're giving out USopoly prizes, supernatural-themed prizes. And I apologize. Normally, I don't apologize, but I do apologize. I had a couple complaints on the name, uh, bitch. Jerk, and um, you know what? The game is based on the antics of the Winchester brothers, yeah. and these are things that they say. And you know what? I, I don't know how else to answer that. I think, yes, there it is a, a word that some people don't like, but I think we it's can just, have some it's just fun a word. with it. It's, it's just, just a word. word, guys. Yeah. All so right. with that, we will see you all for the big game. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you later. Will we see them later? I'm hoping so. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.